This is Rooted in Currituck, a journey back through growing up and in Currituck County, North Carolina. Produced by the Currituck County Center of North Carolina Cooperative Extension. From the 1955 Currituck Extension Service Annual Report, we read, The old gray mare ain't no more in Currituck. The highly mechanized farms with all the green, red, and yellow tractors have done away with the mules. The mule had sense enough to take care of itself, whether the owner was too concerned about its welfare or not. The tractor, with no mind of its own, depends on the good sense and judgment of the operator. Man, Adam, that is a great introduction into today's podcast, which interviews Mr. Harvey Roberts, a current owner-operator of a century farm in Shawborough, North Carolina. Um, Harvey also provided us some great video footage of farming techniques from the 1950s from his farm, and he really takes pride in sharing with us all the farm innovations that he and his family have implemented over the years. So some great equipment footage to correspond to that story you just read to us. Um, Before we get too far into the content of today's podcast, I want our listeners to know that this podcast is being released in video format as well on the Currituck CES YouTube channel so that you can see all that great footage provided by Mr. Harvey and some scenes from the 2021 Currituck Farm Festival as well. Uh, Mr. Roberts was interviewed by Extension Advisory Board member Shelley Haskell as a part of the Farm Festival which was a fantastic event. Um, can you tell us a little bit, Adam, about you know what went on, what that event was about? Yeah, so the Farm Festival is something that we started planning in 2020, uh, maybe even before that, um, before COVID, and we were had all these big plans for some way to kind of educate folks on the history of farming uh, in the community. You know, we have stuff uh, talking about wildlife, Ducks Unlimited, all that, and the maritime, the seafood stuff, but we don't have a lot... Uh, commemorating and and bringing to light all of the farming and the importance of it in the county. So that was the initial goal of of the Farm Festival, and finally we were able to do it this year, uh, which was this past uh, Saturday, October the 2nd. Um, So it was a really fun event. Extension got all together. We had a lot of partners. Um, We worked a lot, a long time on it and getting (laughs) everything organized. I guess leading up to it, what was your thing that you were most excited about? So we kind of talked about this at lunch today, but I was really excited about the opportunity to um, go through some of the old extension reports and pull out the data and learn about what agriculture was like in the, you know, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and be able to share that with the people here in Currituck that, you know, these are our roots. This is where we came from. This is what things look like. These are the crops we grew, and these are some of the people that did those things, and be able to share those Um, you know, statistics and facts, and then um, contrast them with where we are today and, you know, how agriculture has changed over the years and how it looks different today, share some artifacts with the folks. Um, I think that was very exciting for me. I learned a ton doing all that. You know, you know a whole lot about that kind of stuff, but it was an opportunity for me to dig in. And then I was really excited about the opportunity to, um, show our appreciation to the farmers that we have here in Currituck that do the hard work um, for very little reward to to feed our nation. So it was a great opportunity to do that. Yeah, it was cool to see, going through those records, some of the old recipes. So we had potato candy, which I had never heard of before, and we actually made that with kind of a new twist with Insta Potato. Yeah, You did that. Um, And so we had those samples. We had muscadine grapes, which is kind of a staple in the South, but uh, a lot of folks haven't tried muscadine. So we got Mr. Tommy Grandy. Um, who was the agriculture agent yep. 
a few years before I was here, and we picked muscadines at his house a couple of days before we filmed that video. So it was a lot of fun doing that stuff, all of the prep work that went into it. it yeah. It was pretty cool. And just being really able to interpret and show people, you know, some people don't know how to eat a muscadine. Well, this is how you eat it, you know. This is this is something that's native to this area, and, you know, enjoy it and try it. Yeah. That's really cool. And we had a lot of collaborators, like you we said. So not just Mr. Tommy. We had Antique Power Association. Yeah. Uh, so they came, and they brought all their old equipment, and we had um, hand shellers for corn and all of that kind of stuff to see how that technology has changed, and we'll kind of get into that in the podcast today. Yeah. But it's just crazy to see how things went from that to now all tractors have gps and we had our combine simulator there too so folks could see what that looks like yeah that was really cool and then we had displays from other ag-related organizations that um, have been active today and throughout the history of, of farming here in curry tech i think we had farm bureau we had uh, the soil and water conservation um, district folks we had forestry service um, extension and community association volunteers came they made corn husk dolls you know we didn't waste anything um, in our history of farming, we used those uh, corn husks even to make crafts to increase family income. So they were demonstrating some of that and giving kits away. Uh, we had our 4-H partners, FFA, um, and then some, you know, some private private agriculture folks like, you know, the goat lady was here and yeah. Jessica and Mac Duncan with their farm and, and things like that. Food trucks. Can't forget the food trucks. Food was great, and oh, we had plant sale too. That's Master right, gardeners. Master gardeners. We're selling yeah. fall plants, mums and pansies and all oh, sorts yeah. of stuff. So. so there was a ton going on, and it was a really great day. But what was your favorite activity of the day? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I think probably uh, the parade was pretty fun seeing all the old equipment, and awesome. they have this kind of train made out of old barrels and i guess they're the type of barrels that you put kind of food large-scale food stuff in so they yeah. cut them out and they pulled it behind a tractor and so the kids got to ride it and you got to ride in one too. i did get to ride in one that was fun so I, I jumped in took my turn in the little barrel train my knees were kind of hitting me in the chin but you know it was a great ride it was a great ride and you actually were the color commentator for the uh skillet and wrench throwing contest how was that yeah. that was exciting i was nervous uh when i when you told me that that's what i was doing a couple days before and i was thinking what am i going to say what am i going to do but we figured out okay we're not going to throw them too far because we had a limited space yeah. and parking and all that so we did a bullseye and we just got everybody excited can you get the wrench or the skillet close to that bullseye and i think we had maybe 50 or 60 folks participate in four different groups so we had youth and adults and then men and women um, of course, they got to take home a golden skillet or wrench if they won, so that was pretty cool. And, of course, everyone was safe, even though we had some close calls. Yep, absolutely. We also had the homegrown and handmade contest. I forgot about that. So people, like, made crafts and um, canned jams, jellies, pickles. Um, what else? Oh, and displayed their homegrown uh, gourds. I think we had some gourds. Yeah, we had some kind of small mini gourds and some larger stuff. Yeah. It was really cool to see everybody's kind of hidden talents in, in that aspect. Yeah, it's very cool. I hope that contest grows next year. Yeah. All of them. And I hope the whole the whole festival grows next year. I think we learned a lot this year what maybe we can do, what yeah. what other things we can add. Um, yeah. So definitely We even opened that. up the building and had people come in and do tours of the historic photos along the walls with somebody here that guided them through and told them the stories behind those pictures. So that was really cool, too. Yeah, An and I think that helped, too, kind of entice people to do the podcast. So we have a couple podcasts probably moving forward that you'll listen to that are actually from 
our Kirtuk Farm Festival event. Just like this interview that we have today with Mr. Harvey Roberts, who is a Shawboro, North Carolina farmer and uh, the owner-operator of Roberts Ridge Farms. His interview was actually filmed while you were color commentating the skillet and wrench throwing contest, so you can hear a little bit of that banter in the background. But oh, man. without further ado, let's, let's get to Mr. Harvey's interview. Here today, my father will always like to take pictures and movies, and we got movies that my grandfather took my father took in uh, 19 starting in 1955 when I was three years old on a tractor then in 1958 they're picking corn in front of the house with a two-row corn picker not a sheller but a two-row corn picker uh-huh. and it was a wet year and the farm old tractor has steel wheels on it with cleats so it could pull through the mud right so you pick with a corn picker pulled a trailer put the ears of corn in a trailer and then my dad's brother Raymond Roberts would haul the tractor and trailer to Roberts brothers at Gregory to a big sheller and they would shell the corn for us but before they had corn pickers my grandfather and the brothers sons would go out there and pick it by hand and we had a huge barn and they would fill the barn up with ears of corn to feed the horses and the mules and practically all the corn you raised years ago had to feed your animals for them to do the plowing and my father said that when you work with horses you had to go up and down every single row at least 14 times you had to diss the land and you heal one side you heal the other side you plant it you cultivate it you walk every row a minimum of 14 times so like i was saying my, we're picking corn with a corn picker in 1958 <clears throat> my grandfather's out there dissing with a farm all super m pulling two two-row, 10-foot-wide disses. Uh-huh. Then the old combines, you pull them, and some of them didn't have a tank on it. You had a man in the back, he caught the soybeans in a bag and dumped it off the back. Later, the combines would have a tank. And then we got a corn picker. It just had a tank on it, no auger. You'd have to back a truck under the tank, and it would gravity flow out of the back of the tank into a truck or a trailer. I used to like to stand up in the back of the uh, tank. It held about 50 bushels and let the corn build up to almost my chest, you know, and then it would let the, let the corn out. Uh-huh. So we got movies of that they're showing here today yeah. at this ag day. Oh, really? And, and, and you're got, in that? Mm-hmm. We got movies when my grandfather was killing hogs. We would kill 12 hogs a year, neck the souse, the sauces. Uh, rub down the hams and shoulders with salt and we still have the the um, smokehouse on the property we still have the big um, ceramic barrels you put all the salt in, salt and hams in we still right? have that like we have the big old wash tub that they wash clothes in and we scald the hogs in oh yeah so then um, my grandfather bought a drag line in 1948 and then him and one of his sons started digging big ditches canals to help drain land that before they got a drag line you could only farm the high land but after he got a drag line we were able to enlarge some ditches and canals 
and drain the lower land and farm it. So is this all still over in Charborough, that same this, area? This is in on North Indian Town mm -hmm, Road mm -hmm. and South Indian Town. Mm -hmm. Then my grandfather's oldest son was Frank Roberts. Mm -hmm. Frank Roberts bought a big farm off of Snowden Road, the DeCormus, Dr. DeCormus Farm. Yeah. Which was originally owned by Mr. Perkins. Mr. Perkins built the double house in Shawburg, like 1798, that Ray Ethers lived in, the double houses. Mr. Perkins built that, and then he sold the farm to the Shaw family, who was Colonel Shaw in the Civil War, and then the uh, Etheridges bought it. And uh, Mr. Perkins, who built the house, he bought the farm up on uh, Snowden Road that later was sold to the DeCormis. And my Uncle Frank bought the DeCormis farm. It had beautiful land, black, sandy land, but it was flooded. And my grandfather, my Uncle Frank, drained the land and then some prime land. Uh, and that's what had to happen. A lot of the farmland in Currituck, it had was good to soil, but it had to be drained mm -hmm. to get that good soil. And then, of course, eventually up to Moyock and Oregon Camden, they drained Hales Lake. It's a high water swamp. And they drained probably 15,000 acres in Hales Lake and probably eight or 10,000 acres up to Moyock. And that's all prime farmland. Oh, uh-huh. Um, so anyway, I could go on and on about the farming. So my grandfather lived to see going from horses to when he was 80 years old driving a farm tractor and he saw combines and then in my father's age my father never applied any my father never didn't have chemicals and herbicides to control weeds it wasn't until i started farming in 1971 that we started using herbicides oh uh-huh and uh, my father never applied any herbicides for weed or insect control I all did that in 1971. Did you always grow corn or did you grow soybeans? So, uh, both, on our farm, my father eventually got rid of all the animals, and I don't have any animals. Me personally, me, me and my wife and Knight got married in 72, and in 73 we started raising strawberries, maypeas, field peas, and sweet corn. Oh, uh-huh. We had to let all that go because nobody would get on their hands and knees and pick produce off the ground. So in the last 30 years, we've been growing sweet corn. I grow 45 acres of sweet corn. Right. That I sell to 10 other farm markets in Virginia and, and uh, on the beach and on the mainland. Mm -hmm. And uh, because I'm a big wholesaler, our farm market is only open uh, around 40 to 45 days a year. Oh, uh-huh. Because I, I have to come in, hit it hard, get in and out. In my particular farm market, 90% of all our produce is raised within 50 miles. Right. I get my, uh, I'm the only local produce farmer in Currituck County. My blueberries come a half a mile, my blackberries are 20 miles, my, my red and white potatoes are grown five miles over in Camden. My, my cantaloupes and watermelons are grown over in Edenton, the Rocky Hawk area, which yeah. is about 50 miles. Yeah. And then I grow all the sweet corn. Uh, the only thing I have to buy out of state is uh, peach and tomatoes from uh, South Carolina. And anytime I buy from somebody, I go visit their farms in South Carolina, or I've been in Georgia, uh, Rayburn Gap, Georgia, where I met 
that grows um, peaches and tomatoes. So uh, I truly have local produce. That's awesome, Mr. Roberts. And, uh, Very good. So we've been really, real successful in the produce business. And um, I'm semi-retired. We leased our land out to other farmers. Mm -hmm. And I concentrate on the 45 acres of sweet corn that I'm growing today in the other land. So my father inherited a home farm. Oh yeah, so, so yeah. The, the Adelia Furby, she had, like I said in the will in 1845, she inherited, she and her husband uh, John Humphreys inherited the farm we now own, 200 acres of land. And then my father bought another 100 acres, so our farm is 300 acres. When my mother and father passed away, then my sister and I, we inherited the 300 acres that farm that my uh, parents inherited. So uh, I could go on talking and talking. You can, and I have love hearing but, about that. But, um, Thank you, Mr. Roberts. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Rooted in Curry Tech. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss an episode. If you have a story to share, connect with at CurryTuckCES on social media or give us a call at the CurryTuck Extension Center. Until next time.